Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Today, amen, uh, from the book of 2 Corinthians, I thank the Lord for how Holy Spirit moved uh, and had this particular song ministered uh, today as we talk about 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, beginning at verse number 18 is where I will read from. And verse 18 well, well, we'll start at verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Amen. I want to talk about God's, recon- God's realignment work. God's realignment work. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word is going to accomplish in our lives. Have your way now. Grant me a fresh anointing of your spirit that I might speak your word under your anointing with clarity and with authority that it will be understood and received so that yokes are destroyed from our lives and burdens removed. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. 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 God's realignment work. And all of us should know the concept of, if you drive a car, you should know the concept of alignment. Your tires have to be aligned if you want them to, to last for a long time and work properly. All right, I'll just say that. Wrapped up in the Easter story is the story of God's work of realignment, of the realignment of humanity to himself. We often talk about reconciliation, but, but um, as I was praying this week and listening, uh, the word realignment was dropped in my spirit. So is, is God at work in Christ, or should we say work through the Godhead, God Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, accomplishing in Christ God's plan and program of having a people, having a people who would worship and serve him on earth. And I keep thinking the concept, body of Christ. Amen? Body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. So when we pray for God to do something, Guess how he's going to do it? Through his body in the earth. And we have to see that. So God is not just moving separate from his body, just like your feet are not running around the sanctuary and your head sitting at the seat. Amen. You got it? You got the picture. Amen. God is going to move through his body. Amen. He's going to, it, it's the work of redemption. It's the work of reconciliation. And as such, it is the work of realignment. It is realignment because you look at the fall of man in the Garden of Eden that caused humanity to be out of alignment uh, with God throughout the history of the human race. And the full provision, the full provision of realignment does not come until Christ Jesus, uh, the Messiah. Amen. The scripture records there is no other name given among men whereby we must be realigned. Amen. No other name given whereby we must be saved or realign. That name is Jesus. Amen. Jesus himself declared, I am the way. I am the means of realignment. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes, no man is realigned to God except through me. It does not happen except through Jesus Christ. Now, and of course, this is not new to us, uh, but it has to be 
declared repeatedly throughout the history of mankind so that everyone in every generation will have the opportunity to hear this and will have the opportunity to be realigned to God. So we can't stop declaring this. There, uh, there's nothing new under the sun. There's no new gospel. So but if you live for 60 years, you will have heard this preached hopefully 30 of those 60 years. Amen. So much so that you're preaching it yourself. Amen. Uh, no one can have an excuse. Because God, Jesus is coming back again, right? He's coming back again, and he's going to require all of us to give an account of the stewardship of life and the resources that he's given to us. Now, this does not just speak of the church. It does not speak of believers. Everybody's going to be required of their stewardship. Amen. Uh, no one will have an excuse for not having known or not having heard about this great and necessary work that God was doing in Christ Jesus. Nobody. Amen. So God was at work in Christ reconciling or realigning the world. Somebody say the world unto himself. All that God was doing in Christ's death and resurrection was his means of providing realignment for every human being unto himself if they choose to be realigned. Amen? Amen. Because there are some who will choose who not to be realigned. There are many who will, re who will reject Christ. Amen? People, as you read the scriptures, a lot of people rejected the Messiah. They did not accept him. It's the same way today. Many people will reject Christ, but, amen, the opportunity has been provided. Amen, has been provided. So this, this is a vitally important message uh, because of the value of the realignment and the consequences of remaining out of line, out of alignment with God in Christ. In a nutshell, when we are realigned, we are positioned to live life full, uh, uh, to, to live life as it has been intended to be lived, and to receive all of God's provisions that make life full, that make life meaningful, that makes life complete. Even amid the struggles and the warfare of life, when we are aligned with God, we have all of the resources available. We may not use them, but we have all of the resources available to us, amen, so that we can live a full, meaningful, and complete life, amen. Remaining, remaining out of alignment with the Lord. Uh, or being out of alignment with the Lord leaves a person open to the influences and the attacks of the enemy and all of the dangers, all of the dangers and pitfalls. Amen. We can forget about the water right now and listen to the message. All of the dangers and the pitfalls that being out of alignment brings and left to left to satisfy the righteous. Think about this now. You're left to satisfy the righteous requirements <laughs> Of, of God, of God's law to your own ability. When you decide not to be aligned with God, you are left to your own resources, basically. And especially when it comes to being, 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 being aligned with God, you have to pay the penalty for your own sin. That's a, that's a dangerous thought. That's a dangerous thought. With that requirement unsatisfied, we pay the penalty for our own sin. That penal penalty is eternal damnation in the lake of fire that's been prepared for the devil and his angels. It wasn't prepared for you. It wasn't prepared for human beings. But if you remain out of alignment with God, that's where you will end up. And, 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 this has nothing to do with race, has nothing to do with creed or the color of one's skin. It has everything to do with God the creator and his standard. God is a spirit. Amen? He is not white. He is not black. He is not red. He is not yellow. He's not purple or green. Amen? He is not. He created man in his own image and his own likeness. His law is without prejudice. Is it without prejudice? And with God... 
the scripture teaches us all have sinned and come short of God's glory. With God, there is none righteous. No, not one. With God, all humanity needs reconciliation. God is not a white man's God. The Christianity is not a white man's religion. The color of Jesus' skin really does not matter. It does not matter. If Jesus had no human DNA, then whatever genes determines a person's skin or hair composition does not apply to Jesus. So what color was he? We really don't know. Thank God that there are no pictures of him. We really do not know. Every picture that has been painted of Christ, and you need to take the images off your wall if you still have them. Amen. Take them off. Take them down. In every church around the world that has a picture of the so-called Jesus, take it down because there's no picture of him. Whoever painted the picture, painted the picture of Jesus in their own image and their own likeness, whatever they thought about. So it really doesn't matter. What matters is that he is the Messiah. He is the son of the living God who came to realign all humanity to God. That's all that matters. So why am I preaching this today? We've heard this before. Well, maybe you haven't heard this part. (laughs) But you really have if you've been a part of this ministry. I was listening to a preacher the other day. And and and, and 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 in the message, and I still have to listen to the whole message. In the message, he made this statement that just like slapped me in my face, jumped right out at me. Culture can't drive your hermeneutic. Context must. Culture can't drive your hermeneutic. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this, so don't worry. You haven't been to seminary close to it. But. Context must. Get this. God was in Christ reconciling, realigning what the world, didn't I ask you to say world? Okay, I'm back there. Realigning the world unto himself. Now, the world is made up of nations. Nations are made up of people groups. People groups have their various cultures. I could even say families have their various cultures. Yeah. There are 195 nations in the world. As of 2021, there were 7,846,000,000 people estimated in the world. There are no statistics on the number of cultures that are among those 7,846,000,000 people. We can only say that there is more than one culture in the world. There are no, amen, more than one culture. There are thousands, if not millions, of cultures in the world. Amen? We can also say that there is only one true and living God who reveals himself to the peoples of this world in the person of Jesus Christ and now lives among humanity in the person of Holy Spirit. This God in Christ transcends the cultures of the world. Now, hopefully, don't, 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 don't leave me. Stay with me. I want this to make sense to you. All right? Amen. He transcends all of these millions of cultures in the world. Transcends means he's over and above every one of these cultures in the world. Okay? All right? Um, but more than that, this God was at work in Christ Jesus establishing his own people, and his own culture amidst all of the cultures of the world for the purpose of using his people. Now, we could take this back to, to Abraham and the Hebrew people, but I don't, I, my sermon was longer. I cut it down. We got a water issue. Okay. So I'm trying to cut it a little bit shorter. Okay. All right. 
I could go back to the Jewish people, but we should know that story by now. We can know how God chose Abraham. But but let's go, let's move forward to the New Testament. Amen. So, 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 so then God is establishing his own people because we are what? The body. We're the body of Christ. We're the ecclesia. We're the called out ones. He's established his own people and culture amidst all the other cultures of the world for the purpose of using his own people to aid in the realignment process. Because all creation belongs to him. Satan didn't create anybody. Everything belongs. Culture. Culture is defined as the customs the arts, the social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social groups. As I said, your family can have a culture, and most families have a culture. What y'all do when y'all get together with your family? Mm, that has become your culture. Whether it's godly or not, that has become your culture. Okay. <laughs> this one true and living God who created this world with all these people who descended from the first man and first woman, Adam and Eve, and who transcends all the cultures of the world was at work in Christ Jesus realigning all these cultures unto himself and his one culture. My family culture can't be above Christ. My family culture has to come in line with Christ so that now I'm submitted to Christ. My family is submitted to Christ and his culture. So people who say blood is thicker than water, you better mind whose blood. (laughs) Now, 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 what we must be careful about is allowing any particular culture to drive our hermeneutic. Meaning, that we must, or we cannot allow culture, any of the thousands of cultures in the world, because you know what we tend to think about is we, we've limited this to black and white in the United States. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, we cannot allow culture, any of the thousands of cultures in the world, to drive the way we interpret the scriptures. My culture can't be imposed on the scripture, on the interpretation of the Bible, on the interpretation of the literary text. If we do, we will miss God and what God is doing in his creation. But this is what has happened. Rather than allowing the context of scripture to drive the interpretation of scripture, we have allowed our cultures to drive the interpretation of scripture. Where we can't fit culture in, we've dismissed the Bible and we've held on to culture. Caucasians have done it. White people have done it. Jews have done it. Africans have done it. African Americans have done it. Asians have done it. And are doing it. This is one of the reasons we can say that Christianity is not a white man's religion. This is why we can say that whites who think they are the only ones who are right are truly wrong. This is why the Hebrew Israelites, the Kemetics, the nation of Islam, Pan-Africans, white nationalists, and even many evangelicals and African-American Christians are wrong. They miss God. Because they've interpreted scripture from culture rather than allowing context to speak to us and what God is saying and doing in this world that transcends all culture and every culture. God came to establish his own culture. We need to, we need to chew on that. I've been chewing on that. The world needs to chew on that. And you know, I, I, when we talk about this in the class out here, I am diverging a little bit, which might take me a little bit longer. But you know, I was reading an article just the other day uh, in the Washington Post, I think it was, and it was dealing with uh, it was it was dealing with something about the times and the evangelicalism and what have you. And do you realize this? The, the writer of this article talked about white evangelicals. 
He never mentioned the church in general. And I've noticed this for a long time. Many times we have been dismissed as a people and as theologians. And this is why the study of urban apologetics is so important because if it were not for Africans, we wouldn't have the theology that we have today. Amen. People that when I was in seminary, we talked about Tertullian and, 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 and give me some more names, uh, uh, Athanasius and, and, and many, and, and, and is it Origen? Was he one of them? Many of the early church fathers were Africans. They were not Europeans. They have influenced Christianity more than before Christianity ever went to the West. It was the African people. Amen. And we've missed this. And so, you know, all of this stuff about black Hebrew Israelites, that's foolishness. Let's just talk about the context of scripture. But what we've done is we put these things in place because we're trying to, we're trying to find dignity among ourselves and, and high self-esteem among ourselves. But you can't do it from a false pr- uh, premise. You got to start on the right foundation. Amen. You got to start on the solid and the correct foundation. Amen. Nobody, you should not be getting your identity from anybody else but, but Jesus through your father and your mother. So whether, 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 whether Japanese think that we are, we are somebody, or Caucasians think that we're somebody, oh, no, 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 no. I've been created in the image and likeness of God, and I am somebody whether you think I am or not. I am valuable whether you think I, I am or not. I don't need a new identity. I just need to follow Jesus. Because he is the one that God has sent into this world to reconcile, to realign me to him. Amen. Regardless of, 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 of a Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, Jesus came to reconcile me to God, and he did it without the Pentecostal, without the Baptist, without the Methodist, without the white, without the black, without the black African, without the Pan-African, without anybody else. Jesus did a work in God that I need to see and I need to hear, and I need to allow context to direct my, in, my interpretation of Scripture. Theology tainted by culture has caused us to miss God. I said in our ministerial association one time, I said, to, to, this is back, back during the Rodney Floyd uh, issue. I said, we have a problem. We have a problem in the black community that we didn't create ourselves and we can't correct ourselves. And so we need our white brothers and sisters to help us correct some of the problems that we have theologically in our community because we didn't create this problem. I don't know how people took that. I'm going to readdress that. I'm going to readdress that. I'm going to ask them to read Urban Apologetics. Have a discussion. Because unless we start talking about it, they're not going to talk about it. And you need to be informed because it needs to be more than me. Amen. It needs to be more than the ministers and the elders. You need to get serious about your study and stop walking around here talking about what you can't understand. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can understand scripture. I can understand. Let me go back to the message. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, 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 so we need to see what God is doing in the scriptures and the message of God in the scriptures for all people regardless of culture, regardless of race, regardless of gender, regardless of ethnic background, regardless of status in society. And you know what? Now, I don't know who, I was talking to someone just yesterday and they were talking about and it was someone somewhere in Africa, on the continent of Africa. And they were talking about these groups. Oh, no, 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 it wasn't. It was pastor in Minnesota. And he mentioned the name of a group. And, uh, you know, part of, some people in the church are part of this group. And, and, and I said, what is that? He said, well, this is, this is this group of people in the upper echelon of society. You ever have to have, to have a certain, make a certain amount of money live in a certain neighborhood. It's kind of like back in the day, we talked about that group that was... Uh, uh, you know, these uh, Jack and Jill. Was that in the black community? Uh, we had uh, a, a group similar to the Jack and Jills in the black community. No, 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 
Now, what does that have to do with Christianity? How do we separate ourselves? How do we, how do we, if we talk about what white people have done, what have we done? Because we're not following the scriptures. We're not allowing the scriptures to speak to us. So if I make more money than you, it, has, it should never cause me to think I'm better than you. Never. If God gives me more to whom much is given, amen. So then my tithe should be larger than yours when it comes to numbers. But percentage is not bigger because we all gave 10%. Amen. So then, if I'm making a million dollars a year, then 100,000? Is that right? 100,000 of that million dollars should be in the coffers, in the, in the treasure of the church. I'm not better. I'm not better. Amen. I should really not live as though I am better. I should not live as though I'm more blessed. Because I have more, I should be doing more. Because I have more, I should be giving more. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God created a world that belongs to him. Satan, which is where the, where the, where the problem began, tempted man to sin, to, trying to thwart God's plan. Amen. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, to have a holy people unto himself. All right. Man's sin, we know the story, that sin separated man from God, but God did not abandon his plan, but provided a way for man to be redeemed and live in relationship with him. In relationship with God, his creation could live in harmony with one another, amen, and with nature. Amen. So when we, when we have a right relationship with God, we can get along with one another. We can live in harmony with one another. Anytime our relationship is out of God, our, our relationship with God is out of a line, we're going to have relationship with other people in the body of Christ. So we shouldn't point the finger. We should look at ourselves. If I'm having a problem with you, let me look at myself. Maybe I'm the first person that I need to look at. Now, maybe you are the problem, but let me examine myself. Let me look at, am I in alignment with God? And then if I'm in alignment with God and I, and I remember that my brother has a problem with me, before I bring my gift, I lay my gift down and I go and I seek reconciliation with my brother. Then I come and I bring my gift. Is that not the scripture? To keep us in harmonious relationship with one another. The realignment of that relationship only comes, only comes through God's provision. That provision, amen, is the blood shed uh, by Jesus and faith in the atonement of that blood, amen. Every other important thing that happens to and with humanity that fulfills life and that makes life worth living comes through that realigned relationship. Yes, he does. Make all things new. Mm. Now, now, with this comes a warning about culture. Don't make your culture a God. Don't make your culture, whether that's family, whether that's community, whether it's black, white, don't make your culture a God. God, when we talk about God, many times we just say God, all right? In the Christian faith, when we're talking about the sovereign God, is defined as creator and ruler of the universe, okay? The source of, of all moral authority and the supreme being. But in general, the term God, okay, is defined as an adored, admired, or influential person or thing. A thing accorded supreme importance appropriate, appropriate to a God. Consequently, anything 
or anybody can become a God to a person or group of people. Anything, anybody. Your wife can be your God. Your husband can be your God. Your children can be your God. Anything you elevate, you adore more than you adore God. So your culture can be a God. Now, now God, Yahweh, Jehovah, the supreme God of the universe, uh, stated in what we know as the Ten Commandments. Okay, as he gave them to the Hebrew people, as he was establishing covenant relationship with them as his chosen people. In Exodus 20, verses 2 through 17, you can read all of the Ten Commandments. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. I did for you what you couldn't do for yourself. Out of slavery, you were in bondage. I brought you out. You shall have no other gods and that before that means besides me. Nobody else should be, nothing else should be held in veneration and become a God in your life besides me. And then he goes on to give nine more commandments that were to, that they were to follow as, as, as covenant people. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, as Moses elaborates and gives commentary uh, 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 to the commandment, he states in verse 4, Hear, O Israel! The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Jesus repeats that when he's talking to the Pharisees. Jesus, Jesus said, and on these two, and Jesus added one, love your neighbor as yourself, and on these two hangs all the law and the prophets. Well, when you look at the statement that's made here, it is the expression of the essence of all of God's person and purpose in these 16 words in the Hebrew text. In the English, there's more words than the Hebrew text. The expression of the essence, the Lord our God is one. One. He's not 15. You go to Hindu people's houses, people who worship Buddha, they got all kinds of Buddhas around. That's why you should have images of Jesus hanging up in your house. That's why as Protestant Christians, we do not wear the crucifix. Because as the image of Christ hanging on the cross, he's no longer on the cross. He was taken down for the cross from the cross. He was buried. He was raised from the dead. So we do not wear the image. The cross is the symbol. The empty cross. All right. Anyway. Anyway, so, 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 it, it, this, this, this expression uh, came to be known in Hebrew tradition as the Shema, okay? It's a prayer that was traditionally recited twice a day as part of the morning and evening worship in the ancient temple in Israel, or in, in Jerusalem. There is, now, now, they do things, now, now, remember, remember what God is doing. God is... It's calling the people and establishing a culture. So when they would worship, this was repeated twice a day, every time. They probably prayed at home. Okay. So notice what God goes on to tell the people. Are y'all paying attention? Are y'all interested in this? Is this interesting? It's interesting to me. (laughs) Listen, listen. What God goes on to tell the people. Go back and read it yourself. Deuteronomy chapter 6, start at verse 6 and read on. These commandments that I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Talk about them. See them. Put them in places where they are visible. Let this be your conversation because God is, has called out a people and God is establishing a culture. His culture with his people. Now we could say more about this, but, 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 yeah. 
Now notice what he doesn't say. He does not say, love the culture. The command is to love him with totality. And as you love him with the totality of your being, his culture will be established in you and manifested in your lives. And consequently, you will love being in him and you will love being in his culture. But you got you to gotta talk about this thing. You got to see this. You, you got to keep this before you. Think about that. What do we do? Most of us don't even remember the Ten Commandments. We have to learn them in school. And we don't talk about them. What do our children do today? We give them video games, electronics, and all day long they're sitting in front of the video game if they're not in school. And some of them can't pay attention in school because you train them up at home with video games and they're not, a, they're not accustomed to, to listening to anybody talk except that video game. So if they're not doing something and they, they, they give it their full attention. And many of those video games are not talking about Jesus. They're not talking about the commandments. What do we do? We watch movies. We watch television. Some of us can tell more about <laughs> what the soap opera says or what Oprah says or what the news says than we can about the Bible. Come on, wake up in here. Amen. Pay attention. Is this making sense? Amen. And yet, we come to church and we expect everything just to be poured into us. The commandment was not go to the go to the temple, go to the priest. The commandment was impress this on your children. Put it on your forehead. Put it around your arm. Place it around your house, wherever you, so you can see this. Because I'm trying to establish my culture in you. We grow to love and adore the things that we see and that we talk about and that we listen to. Even the people that we hang out with repeatedly. And then we wonder why we have the problems that we have in this world today. We've made a God out of our culture. This whole blackness thing, this whole whiteness thing, is because people have made a God out of their culture. Can't change the color of your skin. God don't want you to do that. But God wants you to honor him as God. Amen. Now somebody might argue with me, but the bottom line is some of us love being black more than we love being Christian. <laughs> being really a follower of God. A God follower, I should say. Because when we look at Christian, it's tainted. And they were first called Christians as, at Antioch, at the city of Antioch, as a negative term, terminology. That's right. Not as something positive. They were called the people of the way. Yeah. What, whose way? God's way. Because they sought to follow God's way. Mm. So, but we should never, never have made culture our God. And we make culture, whether it's family, whether it's a person, whether it's a thing, whatever we just love doing, we made it our God. We made it our God. So then we will obey that thing more than we will obey God. I used to watch people who would join the Masons or join the fraternities, and many times they would be more loyal to that fraternity than they would be to God. Those things that they love. Things that they put there, they made it a God. They didn't intentionally do it. But unless you do what God told the people of Israel to do, his chosen people, the people that he is establishing his culture with, unless we learn to do that, then we open the way to be influenced by these other things. And we argue, we will argue you down. It's nothing wrong with being a part of this thing.
Mm. We, we, we should not make any culture God. We must not bend our reverence to culture in such a way that it becomes a God to us or for our children. What do you mean? Well, I was listening. This one thing I remember the guy said. He, he was watching some service somewhere, and the people had taken a song that Beyonce had written and changed the words, and they were using it in worship. Don't bend your reverence. You don't have to bend your reverence to be relevant. You can be relevant without bending your reverence. We should always reverence God. So if God says, don't do a thing, who am I going to honor? I'm going to honor God. If the standard that I see in something is not godly, who am I going to reverence? I'm going to reverence God. I am not condemning that person. I'm not God. Amen. I'm not God. So I'm, but, but actions speak to me. And my reverence has to be to God. We need to chew on that one a little bit more. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his ways and our ways and his thoughts and our thoughts. So we are challenged when we come to Christ to be renewed in the spirit of our minds, of the very culture of our thought life. Stop thinking like the world. So Holy Spirit can transform us into his image and be like him in his culture. Black culture and there is no one black culture that's not worthy of our worship. White culture, and there is no one white culture is not worthy of our worship. Our culture cannot reconcile us to God. Our culture did not pay the price for our sins, which go deeper than adultery and fornication and the like. Our culture cannot redeem us. The real need for humanity is to be realigned with the sovereign God and live in the parameters of his culture because that is what we have been created for. Lastly, lastly, transformation into his likeness. I want to make sure I left something out, but I want to make sure I didn't need to say it. Holy Spirit, yeah. So, transformation into his likeness and into his culture has a purpose that we cannot afford to miss. Being transformed into his likeness and into his culture, being now the ecclesia, because the church, the body of Christ, is the call, are the called out ones. We've got to see ourselves. How many of you really think about body of Christ every day? We got to get that image because we're still sending God. We're still telling God what to do, what we want him to do. God says, you're my body. So if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it through you. So if I'm going to minister to that sick person and you know that the person is sick, I'm going to do it through you. If I'm going to go to to Kenya, and there's a need in Kenya, I'm going to do it through you. I've, I've spoken the need to you. I've shown you. Don't pray for me to go. Pray for me to open up the way so that you, my body, can go. You can be there. And when you're there, I'm there. So, we can't afford to miss what transformation into his likeness and his culture has uh, the purpose of that. We have a responsibility. If we've been transformed into his likeness and we are living in his culture, we have a responsibility to talk about, to proclaim his message 
and live out his culture in the world. We can't miss that because we're his body. So as I live in the world, he's living in the world. I can't expect, I can't keep thinking of God being in heaven and I'm on earth. We're the body of Christ. So I got to live out his culture because I'm a part of his culture now, not my family's culture. So my family can do stuff that's out of line with God's culture. But because I'm in this culture, I can't do that. Can't do that. Because I'm in his culture now. Listen to me. And I have a responsibility, responsibility to him to speak truth into that situation. It's a challenge. Because most of us are so tied to our families, we don't want our families angry with us. We don't want to be separated from our families. But, but if you're separated from God, and I'm in God, there's already a separation. Well, God wants us to bring realignment so we can be together in him. Not in the world. You all looking at me like, okay, we already know that. What else? <laughs> Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, simple scriptures that we know. I pray that God has given us a different twist and perspective on this. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And in the scripture of our text, after stating all that God had done in Christ Jesus, he said, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We therefore, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. This is Paul talking, but now I hear God making his appeal through me to people who are not reconciled to God. People who are not aligned to God, God is using me to make his appeal. God wants to use you to make his appeal. Because you are his ambassadors. Every disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're God's ambassadors. We're citizens of his kingdom. We live in his culture. We have a proclamation to make, his message, so that others can have the opportunity to be realigned. The consequences of non-alignment, you know why? All of these nations that are bordering Russia are trying to get aligned with NATO because they feel that Russia is going to attack them too. And they don't want to go through what they see happening in Ukraine. So they are aligning with NATO. We're in warfare saints. Who are we aligned with? Because the same thing that you see the devil doing in people's lives, that are destroying people's lives, I mean, messing people up, destroying homes, destroying families, destroying communities. If you're not aligned correctly, it can do the same thing with you. And I know those of us in the sanctuary, we're saved already. But there's a part of this message that I hope spoke to all of us somewhere in here. You heard something in here that spoke to you about, especially about culture, because, you know, sometimes, uh, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, especially about culture, got to be aligned to Christ, got to be, we're not aligned to him, we're open to everything that the devil would throw at us, these nations are getting in a hurry. You know, old people will say, you need to get in a hurry. Run to the Lord. <laughs> Miss Jeanette used to be up in the church dancing this child. She said, come on, children, what you waiting on? Y'all remember that? Yes, what you waiting on? She'd be crying out for her children and her grandchildren. Come on, children, what you waiting on? Listen, church membership is not alignment with God. 
This is a personal thing. This is where you accept the provision that Jesus made for you and the atonement for your sins and you give your life to him. And I know this is Old Testament, but this is how transformation and culture changes. These things that I have spoken to you, write them. Impress them to your children. Write them on the forefront of, let me read it to you again. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk on the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Make it a vital part of your everyday life. Transformation will take place. Jesus said, Paul said, whatever is lovely, whatever is honorable, whatever is of good report, whatever is pretty, think. Your mind got to be transformed. You got to get rid of all that old stuff that you've learned down through the years. You got to be reprogrammed to think like Christ. Now, I'm in a different culture. I belong to the sovereign God. I might be black or brown or yellow, blue. But now, I belong to God. I love my country, but I love God more. Don't need to be a national. I don't need to tie nationalism to faith. See, America is going down because we've forgotten about our God. You can't tell me all of these things is happening. In, the, in this United States of America and around the world, it's just the forces of nature. The prophets of the Old Testament didn't say it like that. It's the judgment of God. It's the judgment of God. Get ready, saints. I don't know when Jesus is coming, but it appears he's soon to come. Let's stand. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void. It accomplishes what you desire. And you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Lord, help us to make sure that we are aligned with you. We're not just saying that we're your body, that we are your body in the earth, fulfilling what you called us to do corporately and individually as a part of your body. Lord, if there's any unbeliever listening to me today, Holy Spirit, I pray you draw that person to make that commitment of their lives to you. Any backslider, draw them back to you today. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your great love that you have for us. It's in the miraculous and matchless name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So if there's anybody this morning, if you've heard the word this morning and you know that you're out of alignment with the Lord and you need to recommit to the Lord. We're going to pray for you that you can do that and that you will do that. Because you can. It's your decision. Uh, it's nothing magical that has to happen. You just need to make up your mind that I want to be realigned to God. I want to get my life back in line with the Lord. If you've never accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord,
then you are definitely not aligned with the Lord. But again, it's your decision. You make the choice. The Lord never forces anyone to come to him. He created us in his own image and his own likeness. But he lets us know that he's provided the way through Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus died. That's why he shed his blood. Life is in the blood. Jesus gave his life to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin. That's what God's law required. It's been taken care of. Now all you have to do is accept Jesus and give your life to him. If you want to receive Jesus today as your Savior and your Lord, I want you to repeat this prayer with me as I lead you. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But Jesus, I believe what that preacher said. You gave your life so that I could be saved. You shed your blood, your life for my life. Lord Jesus, come into my life today. Save me from my sin. I accept what you did for me on the cross. I accept your sacrifice. I accept you as my Savior and my Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. And I declare my salvation now. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and it was a decision of your will, the Lord has done what you've asked him to do. Now let's, let's take another step because we, we're talking about realignment and, and all of us know that once we've been out there, uh, once, we, once we didn't know God, when we come to him, there's a lot that we need to learn in order to be in alignment, true alignment with him. The salvation piece taken care of but you got to grow in him this book these scriptures you got to get it in you you're not going to do this alone you need to be connected to the rest of the body if you stay out there alone you will die nourishment comes from the head Christ is the vine we are the branches connect with a local church where you can grow in the Lord and be the person God wants you to be. Where you, can, where you can understand what it is to be a follower of Jesus and have people around you who will pray with you and encourage you and teach you the word of the Lord. So if there's anybody that wants to connect with us today, if you're in the sanctuary and you want to connect, you can come. If you're not here, you're watching online, write to us online. Someone is watching uh, or go to our website, topraise.org, and there's a form you can fill out so that we can follow up with you. If it's not with us, we will help you find a local church in your area where you can connect to. Amen? God bless you all. Thank you for being here this morning. Let's receive the benediction. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory. To the all-wise God, our heavenly Father, be both power and glory, honor and dominion forever and ever. And the people of God said together, Amen. God bless you all. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, 
we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.